time, Miss Barbara going to bring our special. I'm singing this song for three reasons this morning. Number one, somebody about three weeks ago asked me to do it. Number two, you know, it, it always amazes me who's watching you. And uh, I might not sing this this morning. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just want to give accolades where it's due this morning. And that's to God. Here recently, we've watched Sam Pope go through some trying times. He was supposed to sing this morning, so Sam, this is you singing. Uh, I've watched him as he's gone through this. And if he could be at church, he was going to be at church. He's held his head up high. And I want you to know, Sam, people have noticed. They've noticed your dedication, and I applaud you for the journey you're going through. There's been numerous people here at Promsaline and in my life that I've watched. And you know, I get to thinking it's not, it shouldn't be surprising to us that people can hold their head up and go through trials. Because we have a great God. And He's our rock. He's our defense. He's with us every moment of the day. Our Bible says, trust in Him at all times. He's there. He's there beside us. I love this song. I love what it says because it's so, so true. Our Lord is there to hold us up. He's our anchor, strong and sure. Through the long dark night Out on the open sea By faith alone And I've 
had dreams I've even held them in my hands But I never knew They could sleep right through Like they were only Grains of sand The anchor holds Though the ship is battered The Though the sails are torn, I have fallen on my knees as I face the raging seas and the anchor holds in spite of the storm. I have been young, but I'm older now, and there has been beauty these eyes have seen, but it was in the Oh, that's where God proved His love for me. And the anchor holds. Though the ship is bad, the anchor holds. Though the sails are told I have fallen on my knees as I touch the raging seas and the anchor holds in spite of the storm On my knees as I face the raging seas and the anchor hold in spite of the Anchor holds. Y'all up here with me. Amen. That's good. See, they're making room for y'all back there. I'm making room for y'all. That's great. Fill up these pews. 
invite a friend and uh, the power that was do you know what I was preaching on this morning <laughs> and uh, I, it is it is it's amazing how that works sometimes the power of influence you know everybody somebody's watching you and it's not maybe not everybody but somebody is watching you somebody is seeing now in this what you will see as we look to God's holy word this morning, what you're going to see is that people, it's okay for people to follow people, but who is the person you're following, following? And Paul said it over and over. There's a ton of examples. It's like having a role model. It's like looking up to someone. But, you know, it's nothing wrong with following people. Ultimately, though, the ultimately that we should be following Jesus. And you say, well, we shouldn't follow people, we should follow them, but it's okay. You always have somebody you look up to, you always have a role model, you have somebody that sets a pattern. And matter of fact, we see that over and over in God's Word. Matter of fact, God calls you to be an influence. God calls you to be a role model. God asks you to mentor somebody, disciple someone, to work with someone, to try to influence them in the right direction, to try to lead them, the Bible says. Matter of fact, remember what was last, the very last message of the Family Matters series? And that is face-to-face relationships. Face-to-face relationships. God designed us to have relationships. His, our relationship with Him is something that we, we, we've got to have. We've got to have it. So the power of influence this morning is the message. And our scripture is 1 Corinthians 11. Let's all stand for the reading of this, this one short verse on the power of influence. <clears throat> this church was really struggling this church had a lot of problems it but paul said this he said in all these problems and all these situations he said be you followers of me even as i also am of christ let's pray father thank you for giving us a role model so that we, in turn, could be role models for others. Help our church to be a role model in this community. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for the... So good or bad, right or wrong, we all have an influence upon others. We all have... Uh, the God wants us to be role models. God wants us to um, be an example toward other people. This morning, I hope and pray that you realize that good or bad, right or wrong, that uh, people are looking at you. People are saying, "Hey, I, I wonder." You know, and there's today we have role models on shoes to wear, clothes to wear. Uh, we have role models on how to, how to do your hair. We have role models on uh, how to uh, what kind of car you drive. We're we're influenced by media. Matter of fact, uh, we're influenced in every. Matter of fact, ad executives know this. 
People that, uh, you study people and people can be persuaded. I've heard of something called the power of suggestion. It's real easy. There's an old one, uh, that says you get somebody to say the word, uh, silk about ten times. Just saying this word silk, 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 silk. Then you ask them real quick, what do cows drink? And they'll say, milk. But no, cows don't drink milk unless they're nursing and uh, they drink water. Okay? And so, but it's the, all it is is the power of suggestion. You have the power, the ability to influence others. You're an example and you have to realize that you are giving one out all the time. Uh, let's look real quick to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And we'll look at this right here. God is looking for some servant leaders who will rise up and lead others. As we'll look in God's holy word, we see here a role model, a good example. Philippians 3 verse 17. This is pretty good. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. So in other words, follow us in our example, but look out for those who aren't good examples. Because if you go on to verse 18, and he goes on through the rest of the chapter, and he says this, but there's some people that's walking, living, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. And you know what I look here and when I think about uh, you and I in this church, that whenever we see someone, and this is a great verse because it tells me that Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord and remember the teachings because he's writing this is one of the, those prison epistles. This is one of those letters he, he penned while he was in prison and he sent it back to them. And so they had a great relationship. The church at Philippi loved Paul. They supported Paul. They sent offerings to Paul. They sent care packages to Paul. And then he cares for this church. And he said, listen, there's some good examples and some bad examples. Me and Timothy, we tried to set a good example example for you. We try to do right. But you know what I see in this this verse 18? That when people don't, in, in your church or in the community, and you know they're saved, but they're not living right. It says here, that I tell you even weeping. Which means in, that Paul was broken. Even It says, I was weeping because these people are setting bad examples. It should break our heart when somebody is not living right and you know that they need to change and they need to uh, do right. Many, many times people may say, you know what, out of one breath, they'll say, they'll say, I believe, preacher, but then they'll belittle someone. Now, what kind of example? It's kind of like saying, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Those people are trash. <laughs> Those people, you know, and, and we call people names, we run them down. But that's not the example that Jesus set. You know, we say out of 
Out of one breath I believe, and belittle people. The other breath we say, out of one breath I love God, and out of the other breath we loathe someone. We say, well, you know, I've got faith, I trust in the Lord, but you know what? Then we never use our faith. I look at the example of Peter, you know, what if Peter had said, I'll never get out of the boat. I'm not getting out of the boat. I don't want to get out of the boat. You know, what kind of example would that have been? Because, you know, they're carrying a conversation and all of a sudden he said, I really don't know if that's you, Jesus. I don't know if that's you. And remember the con, that's a great story there in Matthew 14. And, and he said, uh, well, get out of the boat, Peter. I like the way one writer says it. If you want to walk on water, sounds like a neat adventure. If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. But what kind of example did Peter set? You know, we have people in our church and they say, I want a church that's strong on faith. I want a church that's exciting. I want a church that preaches the truth and stands for the truth of God's Word. But folks, if you want that kind of church, the Bible says don't be hearers only, but be doers of the Word. Amen. So we practice what we preach. And the Lord saying, step out on faith. The Lord says, but we say, no, I don't think so. I'm not getting out of the boat because I'm scared. I'm worried. But what if, what, what? will people think of me if I get out of the boat? What will people say about me if I get out of the boat? Somebody else get out first. Somebody else get out first. See, but he set a great example, didn't he? Because he didn't look around and take an opinion poll of the other disciples. How many of y'all think I should get out of the boat first? <laughs> you know, well, you know, and he didn't take an opinion poll. It wasn't about that. It was him and Jesus. And folks, it comes down to you and Jesus. You have an influence. You have the option. Also think about Jonah. In his example that he said, you know, he could have said, I don't, I am not preaching. Matter of fact, he did. <laughs> he did say, I'm not talking to those people. I don't want to have anything to do with those. I've heard about them. I don't like them. I don't care about the people at Nineveh. And of course, you know that God sent him in time out. Put him in very first time out. He said, okay, if you're not going to obey, I'm time out. It wasn't 30 minutes. It wasn't even three hours. <laughs> it was three long days and nights. And he's in there. And if you read the story, you find out why he got out. He got out when he finally said, okay, Lord, I will. That's what it says. You read it. He says he gave up. He says he'd been in there long enough. He was withering away. He was bleaching white. He was, his clothes was rotting off of him. He was, uh, I mean, he was stinking. He was going through a, a horrible storm, if you will. And even with a bad attitude, he went. He's an example, but what if he had never gone? Well, he had died. I think he would have, if he wouldn't have not prayed and changed his heart and changed his mind, he would have died in that fish's belly. But he prayed. The Bible says it. He prayed. He lifted up. He called on the Lord and the well <laughs> spit him out. And uh, he, what kind of example did he set? And then, of course, many people today are like Moses. Uh, 
Lord, get somebody else. I don't know enough. I've never been to... Preacher's been to seminary. Let him do it. I'm not talented enough. He did. He made all kinds of excuses. He said, uh, I can't talk good enough. I can't do this. And then he said, well, then he asked like God, well, what kind of name do you want? <laughs> what, what do people, what do people say? Who, who sent you? And then he said, they won't believe me. And he said, well, I got your back. Man, I'm going to do wonders. I'm going to do signs. I'm going to, we make excuses, you see, but isn't that an example? Isn't that an example? And we, we think God wants to use us. We think God wants to use our church, but there's examples through the Scripture. Listen, there's examples of how many of you and I have messed up, fallen on our face, messed up, done something we shouldn't have done, and God says, I'll use you anyway. If you repent, just come back. Just say, just change your direction. Just tell the Lord you're sorry. Thank the Lord for that verse that says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And I love the next part of that verse. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then it says all we got to do is ask. And so Moses messed up. He had committed murder. <laughs> you all know God called a murderer into the ministry. And Paul was the same way. He had killed people. And God says, I want you to change. I want you to give up your life and come follow me. God calls people, people that with flawed past, people, and hey, listen, right now, kind of like, uh, there's nothing, hey, there's nothing wrong with encouraging words. Uh, Sister Barbara was bragging about the example that Brother Sam has set and what he's been through. And hey, listen, aren't you glad for good examples? Aren't you glad? Think of it right now, somebody that's been a good example in your life. Aren't you glad for those? I'm glad. <laughs> Wouldn't it be horrible if nobody, there was no good examples? <laughs> There was no good, that would be horrible if there was no role models. We need them. In today's mixed up uh, culture, in today's mixed up, when, did y'all know our society is calling right, wrong, and wrong, right? Our society has got it all messed up. There's only one right and wrong. It's in, in the Bible. <clears throat> There's some bad examples we have and just going through these in Second Thessalonians chapter 3. And so just whether you follow along on screen or flipping that paper or whatever you got, read it, mark it, highlight it. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Now this bad example was what it was. was let, me, let me sum it up, then I'll read it real quick. The bad example was uh, they, the Thessalonian church... They were worried about the Jesus coming back. They were really worried about it. And they said, well, since he's coming back, let's just, everybody quit your job and let's go sit at the house and wait. And no, live. Have you ever, and I often think, man, it's getting bad. Jesus may come back at any time. And there's been a lot of heretics 
And that's, that's heresy. Anything against God's Word is heresy, as well as sin. And, and some people say, well, just, 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 uh, since Jesus could be coming back any minute, everybody quit your job, let's go into a cave and live there. Let's get some food and, and, you know, these people that, these, these cults or societies. Well, there were some people at Thessalonica that were doing that. And so they had to all quit their work and their job. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 7, it says this. For yourselves know how you ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught or for nothing. But we, but we worked, wrought with our labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you. In other words, they tried to set a good example of preachers that they were bivocational. Paul would sometimes work while he was at a church because the church was really poor or to set an example before them. It says, and then verse nine, not because we have not power. In other words, we could say, you know, well, listen, we, we shouldn't work and we need to be full time in the ministry. And Paul was that away. He taught that in other places, but <clears throat> It says, verse 9, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. And then it says here, for even when we were with you, this we did command that if anybody shouldn't work, he shouldn't eat. For we hear among some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. They done stop working and they went to causing confusion in the church. And, and, and causing people, hey, y'all know so-and-so, they didn't have anything better to do. And then it says in verse 12, Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But you, brethren, be not weary in well-doing, which means don't give up. And then so that, that was heresy that led to a bad example, but Paul was trying to set a good example. Another one, if you back up kind of close to our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul was using the people of, of Israel when they wandered in the wilderness. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 5, it's talking about the people of Israel that wandered in the wilderness, but many of them with of God, but with many of them of God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we shouldn't lust after evil things like they lusted, they worshipped idols and whatnot. And let me just stop there for a second. The children of Israel, God wrestled with them in the wilderness for 40 years. Which tells me something, God is more patient than you are. <laughs> That's good and bad. It's bad from the standpoint you, you and I can't outweigh Him. <laughs> that's, that's the bad part. The good part is He's waiting for you to come back to Him. He, sometimes He gives us more time than we deserve. That's good. He's long-suffering. He waits for a nation. You think, a lot of us have said, why hasn't God taken out the United States? Because we think we've drifted, which tells me something that we could... He's long-suffering. And unfortunately, we, I, we could get worse. 
You say, how can it get any worse? I don't want to even think about how it could get worse, but I know it could. He's still long-suffering. So he, he waited for them. They were a bad example. In other words, they didn't do right. God tried to get them to do right. And then in Second Peter <clears throat> chapter 2, this is a, a neat one. But you'll, what I want you to see is, is how many times it says, talks about examples. Second Peter 2, 6. The Word of God says this. This is talking about the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. <clears throat> and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an example Unto those that after should live what? Live godly. So God, does God, and guess what? When they didn't live godly, making them an example, basically this, I'm going to whip them, I'm going to whip them. Are you next? (laughs) I don't want God to whip me. I don't want God to get me. But why do we discipline our children? Why do we try to, because we want them to do right. We want them to do right. Now, those are, we've seen Paul's a role model. We've seen some bad examples here. Now let's look at the greatest example. The greatest example is this, Matthew 16 and verse 24. <clears throat> so, what does it say? This is real simple. Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, Don't do what you want to do. Do what I'm leading you to do. Come follow me. So we keep our eyes on Jesus. I'm following Him. The Bible says I need to realize that it's, life is not about me. It's about Him. That, that church is not about... Well, i tell you what. I'm just not getting anything out of church. I'm not getting anything out of it. Guess what? We're probably looking horizontally. We're looking over here at this one. We're looking over here at that one. You're looking at me when I'm just a messenger. I'm just sharing the Word. You know, we can look horizontally all day long and make excuses and, and this, but if you're not getting anything out of church, it's because He is the one that's waiting to give it to you. But maybe you got to deal with some sin. Maybe you got to deal with some problems. Maybe you got a heart problem. Well, guess what? He's a heart doctor. He's a heart doctor. He's the greatest physician ever. And He says, take up your cross. Come follow Me. I'll make you fishers of men. I want you serving. I don't want you sitting on the bench. I want you getting the ball game. Life is not about us, is it? It's about Him. It's about following Him. Making Him first. Oh. Went into, we made a surprise visit to El Dorado yesterday and got to see Taylor coaching an upward basketball game. And so we're, we're there and we, surprise, we show up and we find the Family Life Center. She's coaching. And I said, uh, you know, just, and it's great to see her just carrying on the role that she's grown up in. Well, anyway, and, and we went out and I said, I'm going to take you out to lunch. So we took them out to lunch and, and uh, I said, and I love coffee. 
right after, I love coffee anytime, basically, but especially right after lunch. So, and so, and there's a nice on, well, there, El Dorado has a, has a downtown square. I mean, they've got it going on. There are shops and stuff everywhere. And they, they have a coffee house. Yes. And, uh, so PJ's coffee or something like that. And so coffee house, and they went in there and they're having a chess tournament. They're having a chess tournament. Robbing had a chess tournament yesterday. And there's having a chess tournament down in the coffee shop. So I'm, I'm checking out. And so all of a sudden, open door. I get a chance to witness to the manager. So I start talking to the manager, Sherry. And so I'm talking to her, find out she used to live in Mendon, Louisiana. I said, I used to live in Mendon, Louisiana. She even, uh, uh, Brother Clarence, she even knew where Castor was. And uh, so she even knew where, I mean, and you got to be somebody to know where Castor is, okay? And so and she knew all this, so we started connecting dots. And by the time I walked out of there, she said, I'm going to Gethsemane. I handed Sean, I got back in the car, and I handed Sean uh, her her manager card, PJ's Coffee House. So if you go by there, if you're in El Dorado and you like coffee, go by there, say hi, and, and tell them Brother Reese because she remembered Reese's Pieces, okay? So that's why she's going to remember it, okay? Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. But anytime, you, all you got to do is say, I, I went in there for me because I love coffee. And the Lord said, hey, don't leave without saying something. The door opened. It's up to you whether or not to say something. And it doesn't take much. Of course, Karen in there, she said, why is he taking so long? Or they asked that, and Karen said, because he's talking to somebody. Okay? Karen knew, you know, why I was taking so long. So listen, it's up to you. Be a role model. It's up to you to be an example. It doesn't take much. It just a little bit to do for the Lord. And then he says, look at Matthew 19. This is, this is what the next example, Matthew 19, verse 21. This is, of course, the story of the rich young ruler. He said, I want to go to heaven. I want to go. What do I got to do? I got to join the church. I got to say something. I got to give. How much money you need? I can give money. I, I, do I need to be baptized? I want to go to heaven. He said, no. He said, sell everything you have. Verse 21. Look look at verse 21, Matthew 19, 21. If you want to be perfect, grown up, mature, if you want to do right. And he wasn't saying selling your stuff gets you to heaven. He was trying to get the fellow to see he worshipped his stuff. He loved his stuff. The Bible says it. And he says... If you want to go sell that you have, give it to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. But here's the part. Here's the example. What did he say next? Come, follow me. Are you so busy saying you love the Lord and we're not following the Lord? We can say it all day long. And doing it's another thing. I don't have time to take you over there to John 13, but it's loaded. It's loaded. You know what it is? It's when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And some some churches teach uh, foot washing as an ordinance. But it wasn't the foot washing, it was the example. 
Because foot washing is not an ordinance. It wasn't repeated by any of the churches that later on in, in ever, ever, okay? That was just a good example. He said, if I'm your master, and all that meant was leader, if I'm your leader and I put on the, the apron and I went to work, folks, God is looking for people in this church to become servant leaders. Servant leaders. If I'm your leader and I put the work apron on and went to work and became a servant, then you ought to do other you're, you're, to each other. Lift each other up. Serve each other. He said the example that I set before you is one that you should follow. Follow Him. If there's somebody here this morning you've never been saved, You've you've taught you've heard about Jesus, you know about Jesus, and you've thought about him, and he's something very important to you. And you know what? Right now, right now, God is dealing with somebody. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed, because there's somebody here that God is dealing with. I I know that. There's somebody here that needs to make a decision. Maybe you need to come pray at the altar. Just say, I, I need a fresh start. If there's somebody here that's never been saved, that they'd call on the Lord, they got to realize we're sinners. That's why we need a Savior. We need a Savior because we've messed up. Nobody can be perfect. Nobody can be good enough to get to heaven. And if there's somebody here and you've just been sitting back, it's time to get out of the boat. It's time to say yes to the Lord. It's time to say, I will speak up. I will say something. I'll do something I've never done before. I'll do that this morning. I'll come pray at the altar. I'll do what God is leading me to do. Open your heart to the Lord. Lord, lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. As we all stand and sing. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Cause Lord, I need you.
altar's open. Come on. Because, Lord, I need you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. 